Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am glad you joined us today, and I hope that you were tuned in last week when I had my friend Tony Irons on here, who's the pastor of uh, Folsom, what is it, Folsom Grace? Folsom Bible. Folsom Bible. We're going to add the grace because I know they're a grace church, right? So at any rate, I had him on and we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about his salvation when when he came to know the Lord. And in and of itself, that's an amazing thing because you think that you need to be in a big church the first time you ever hear the gospel, and that's not necessarily true. Now, once you've been saved— you need to find a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church because the Bible says, forsake yourselves, not the assembling one with another. So we take that very seriously. I do. I know that Tony does. And once you've done that, though, it doesn't. you'd be surprised the places that people found salvation. Well, they didn't found it. It was introduced to them. And so God has sent us on a special mission, each one of us who names the the name of Christ, and that's this huge task of just telling everybody where they found Jesus Christ. Pastors for years have used this one little phrase about, all I am is one beggar who found bread telling other beggars where they can find it. And that's that's more true than it is. He didn't necessarily save us because we were so much better than everybody else. He didn't save us because we were so much smarter than everybody else. And he didn't save us because we were so much better looking than somebody else. And those of you that have met me, if you just said amen, (laughs) all right. But uh, we've talked about a lot of things, and there's a lot of heartbreaks that come along with salvation But you know what you don't have? You lose something really serious when you come to to a a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You, You lose hell, and you lose death, eternal death, which is the worst of all deaths. And Tony said this last week when he was on the program, that when he was saved, he was talking about that he knew instinctively what they were talking about with death, that it was an eternal death. And so people are sometimes surprised when I say, well, you have eternal life. You have eternal existence. So now it depends on whether you're going to be raised to eternal life or eternal death. And I, I tell you what, that is that is something you better deal with here and now, right? So, uh Tony, uh, how, how your church has been in existence for about a year and a half, you said last week, right? Is it growing? Well, I think uh, we have a core group of people who are faithful. We have, because um, we meet at 2 p.m., it's kind of an odd time in the rhythm of life. So, sure. Um, you know, I wish we had more people because that would, that would you know, more people to hear the gospel and be affected by sure. it. But all that to say, 
uh, the folks we do have and the visitors we do have. I'm so encouraged. I really am. Um, and our people are encouraged. And so we're very blessed where we're at. And I think God wants to plant a church there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very encouraged by that. And we're treated like a mission. Um, local churches in the, in the region of the Bay in Northern California, we have about 12 churches that support us and treat me personally like a missionary. And, and so this church is like a mission extension of a coalition of churches that are like-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, and they freely choose to uh, support us. And some for one year, some uh, churches have committed to three years and, and just different things like that. So we're very encouraged by that. And um, we're looking again, like we've mentioned, I think before when we've been on here, we're looking to find a facility that allows us to minister in the morning on the Lord's Day so that we can be together all day long. Right now we're kind of hindered by the 2 p.m. But, uh, yeah, we're very, very encouraged by Well, I, I suspect if there was somebody out there that really wanted to encourage a pastor and had a building they could uh, there you go. <laughs> give or let you use, you'd probably be okay with that, right? Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I would turn it away. So, uh, so all you all you believers out there in Folsom, we just want to guilt trip. I mean, we want to give you that opportunity <laughs> to be blessed. So, if you can't get a hold of Tony, you can always call us at the mission. I'll make sure I get a hold of Tony. We, we do have a what do you call a website? Do you know uh, what it is? It's FolsomBible.org. Okay. And we just finished a new version of it. The young people, and I don't know how to do that, but the young people in our church do. Neither do I. And they just finished that. So you can go there and it'll tell you everything I guess you need to know and even some things you probably don't need to know. But. Yep. And, uh, and you guys know our website. You can always uh, get a hold of us too. It is uh, UGMSAC.com. And uh, you can always call up. And like I said, if you can't get a hold of Tony, you can always let me know, and I will make sure that Tony gets, uh, that, that he gets a hold of you. So, Tony, uh, some of the interesting things that you and I have talked about is you're radically uh, familiar with uh, fentanyl because of the death of your own son, who, by the way, was not a drug addict. He wasn't doing that kind of stuff, but... My understanding was he hurt his neck playing ball and ran out of painkillers, right? And then he got from a friend or somebody some a couple of uh, six pills, and he took one, and uh, in, right in front of you, uh, he went into convulsions and he, he died. So uh, the reason that I'm telling you that rather than asking Tony about it is those things are always difficult for us to talk about. But he isn't just some guy that has a passing interest in what happens to people on drugs. And by the way, my understanding was that when they tested the drugs, the other pills that were left, each pill had enough to kill six grown men. uh, And so he had no chance. Uh, but you and I were also talking about something that you that you can do to help prevent that if you're a parent or or anybody really it probably should be in everybody's home right Amen. what what is that it's narcan mm-hmm. it's a n- nasal spray that uh, you can get at any pharmacy uh, 
the county, different places, they'll give you boxes of it for free. Um, but it, it counteracts the opioid effect on the body, and I've seen it work before, and it, it, uh, if you get there in time, it's a lifesaver, and everybody, because of the prominence of fentanyl, every person should have a box, um, because if you, you don't know when you're going to come across somebody. And even if you don't even take a pill, we've heard testimonies, as you were sharing earlier, of policemen. About the police yes, officer. Mm-hmm. and just the, the contact through the nasal, breathing the dust or touching it. So anyway, all that to say, this Narcan is is a very effective. And so my wife started building jewelry. Mm, yeah, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, and so we what and so that um, gets her into the farmers markets. Like Folsom has weekend farmers markets. We go there, have a booth, and so she makes jewelry and, and she's good at it. And but at the same time, we have uh, uh, fentanyl awareness. Uh, posters and the county gives us Narcan to give, which we give away free. Um, there's you don't sign up for anything; it didn't cost you anything. We just want to get it into people's hands. Um, at the same time, we have gospels and tracks because the, the Narcan can save you physically, um, but even more important than that is your eternal soul. And so we want to combine both the physical and the and the spiritual, and it's a way for us to. To get into people's lives, we probably otherwise wouldn't meet them. And so we, uh, my wife is, the jewelry's the draw, but we hope that the, uh, the, 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 the Narcan and the gospel tracks God would use for eternal life in people. Well, you and I were talking about that, and some of the misconceptions about Narcan is that, first of all, if I give it to somebody— who's passed out, and they don't happen to have any drugs in them, it's... It's okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it's harmless. You can't OD on it. This is what they tell us. I'm not a doctor, but this is what EMTs tell us and the medical people that we deal with. And so you can't... It's, it's, it's harmless that way. You can't o- overdose on it. And so if you have any suspicion at all, you need to be using it, and if they don't respond within a few minutes, each box has two nasal uh, sprays. Give them another one, and they've even said if that doesn't work, give them a third one. And so you can't give too much, and it does save lives. So it's uh, it's so worth doing. Yeah, and you know uh, it. It reminded me when we were talking that I need to get that for the mission as well. We need to have it on both sides of the campus so that it's readily available. I mean, we have paddles and Mm -hmm. stuff, so we need to go all the way and get everything that we need because around the mission, fentanyl is being laced in everything, including marijuana and all kinds of things. And it's a deadly, deadly disease. Yes. Can I I share a, a website? That deals with this? Is that okay to share? Yeah, sure. Uh, OnePillCanKill.org, I believe it is. Okay. Um, It's a local service, if you will, that gives all the details about fentanyl and what to look at. And that One Pill Can Kill, they go around and do school assemblies in all the local middle schools and high schools, of which my wife and I have had the privilege to participate in. So it's, it's... Parents need to be informed. Don't don't stick your head in the sand and don't think this can't happen to you. 
because it it's even in Adderall, it's even in 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 drugs or stimulants that college students use to keep themselves awake during finals. Yep, they lace the, that as well, and that they end up dying. So it's not the stigma of being a drug addict. It, it's it's not part of this. This this is laced in almost everything that people take for stimulus. And even if your child or your yourself or whatever are not doing any kind of drugs at all, not prescription, not whatever, it doesn't mean that it can't be on something that you come in contact with because it's so prevalent. Uh, and it, it really truly is a deadly drug. And, uh, you know, we've seen over the years some horrible things as far as drugs being put into gummies and stuff like that, where uh, a kid might pick it up, a little kid, thinking, well, it's just a candy and something's in there. And I'm not saying that happens a lot. I'm just saying it's a possibility. And so, uh, again, Tony's son wasn't out to do drugs. He was out to to because he had an injury and he ran out of painkillers. Well, you know, the guy you buy it from might be your friend, but the guy he bought it from might not be, right? And so you're not talking about going to the pharmacy and getting something, right? Exactly. Uh, and when I was a kid, you're exactly right. You know, to stay up, they would have pills like crosstops, which – truck drivers used to yeah. use, and now those things can be infused with some ugly, pretty deadly cocktail of stuff. Yes. You know, I've always found it amazing that guys will come into the program. Is this chicken cooked all the way? And yet, a week before, they were buying stuff off of a guy they never met in their life, and they're taking that, right? <laughs> so it's crazy. So... uh <laughs> So how long has your wife been doing this uh, ministry? Well, the, the jewelry and the booth, she's, uh, I think we, she's only been doing it for four weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, just because she had to build up her inventory and such, and then you have to sign up. And Folsom's uh, Farmer's Market is so popular that you can't just call up on a Friday and say, hey, I'm going to be there tomorrow. You have to sign up. It's a good problem for Folsom, but... Um, I think the next time she's out there, it might be a month from now. Yeah, because they're wow. so full. But she's just started, and uh, and it's a good outlet, and it's 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 encouraging because you know you're doing somebody good, not only physically and immediately with the Narcan, but the gospel and the the track, and so it's it's a good outlet for. Well, you know, I remember from last week when you were talking about how you got saved and a gentleman kind of stranded you in his cabin for the day at 30 below zero. And then when you came back, you're on the tractor and you got out. And then I think the amazing part was you said that nine days later, was it? About 30. 30 days later, your wife was on the same tractor and uh, she came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And you know what may, What I thought was, see, that proves women are smarter than us because you didn't have to lock her up in the cabin <laughs> at 30 <laughs> below, right, <laughs> no. to get the point across. 
And so how you guys have been saved for, what, 30 years, you said? Or About 30 years. About yeah. 30 years. 1992. 1992, yeah. yeah. So 31 years. 31 years. We've All been right. married 40 years. 41 years this August. Well, you know what? Uh, that's 90 Hollywood weddings. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, but, yeah, I was married 47 years before Olga went home to be with the Lord, and uh, she was a remarkable person. But the most remarkable part about it was that she loved the Lord with all her heart, and she put up with me for 47 yeah. years. You know, that was probably, <laughs> that was a toughie, yeah, I think. she'll be that but, close to the throne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, so when you were talking about your church, you know, and you were saying you wish it was bigger, you know, so you could reach more people. The size of a church, of course, does not determine it, it's what its effectiveness is. It also doesn't have anything to do with with the pastor's faithfulness. I remember the story of that was true story in Scotland, where a pastor was down to like one in two people on a Sunday, and it was heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to to work on a sermon and have almost nobody there. And that's not your case. You've got that core group, but this gentleman wasn't quite there. And But he was faithful to the Word of God, and he was so discouraged, he had decided, he thought, man, I don't know. And he said to himself, I'm going to preach the best sermons I can preach. If nobody shows up, I'm still preaching those messages. And I assume he meant to his wife or somebody. But <laughs> at any rate, so one day uh, a guy, a stranger was there. That's encouraging, right? We got another guy. Before the sermon was over, he left. Discouraging, right? Well, what he didn't know was he came to, to listen to him from Edinburgh. And my understanding was very shortly after that, he was called to preach at the pulpit of the largest church in Edinburgh where he finished off his pastorate the rest of his days. Faithfulness to the preaching to the Word of God isn't determined on how big. uh, How many of those churches, like in Ephesus or, uh, you know, Philippi, how many of those were mega churches? Yeah, probably uh, none. No, none. They were in people's houses, right? So you can't fit 50,000 people in a house. I'm not dogging on anybody who has a big church. I don't mean that at all. But there are different people and different churches. As long as they are still preaching the gospel message, that is the essential part, to be faithful in little or much, right? Amen. So, But it probably can be discouraging once in a while to, you know. Yeah, it can be. I think uh, at this stage— because I've I've been I've been preaching for twenty eight years or so, and I was nineteen years, almost twenty years in Potter Valley. And uh, you get used, you know, very early on, you start to realize that you you serve and you preach for an audience of one, and that Amen. sounds that sounds pious and whatever, but that's where you are brought to. And you do live that way, and you study in the presence of God. You you plead with Him to show you and to teach you, so that you can live this out what you're studying. 
And then that you can then, those who show up whom he brings, you preach to them that which he's shown you. And so you very soon come to realize, you know, um, you're thankful for those who come. You don't worry about those who don't. Um, And the only reason you would want more people there is that more people are hearing the truth. Right. Yeah. So it's not has nothing to do with with uh you know uh effectiveness necessarily. But you're sitting there and you uh you, you preach for an audience of one, you know, and um you do the best you can and you trust him to do what he will do. And so Yeah. And he uh I mean he uses a lot of bad preachers because mm-hmm. I'd be one of them. <laughs> no, 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 I've heard you preach. You're not a bad preacher. But I can tell you this. I wonder sometimes what the message was that and how big the church was that Sinclair Ferguson first heard his about the gospel. And if he was the only one that ever came to knowledge, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I haven't. I haven't had a lot, but I had Sinclair Ferguson, right, or or any of the other great pictures. Yeah, you know, yeah. Jonathan Edwards had to hear it from somebody. Amen. You know, and you may never hear about that guy. That's right. But you certainly know who Jonathan Edwards yes, was, yes. right? Or how about the shoe salesman who uh, D.L. Moody heard the gospel from? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, amazing stories like that. Yes. And so we just need to be faithful for whatever God is. I— uh, I uh, left the church that I was pastoring for years, and that was difficult to do. Yeah. But uh, I believed that they needed to have somebody that was able to be there full time. And it was uh, not a large church. It was a beautiful church. It's well appointed. It's got all those things. But there wasn't a lot of people there. And uh, so sometimes that would hurt my heart. But especially on times when, you know, maybe there's really just a handful of people and and you're thinking, wow. And if you ever stop and start making it about you, you've made a mistake. You can't take the credit and there's no blame to be had. Do the best you can. Preach on, right? And so uh, I've always said I would never want to have a church that was bigger than about a couple hundred people, because I couldn't possibly know everybody, right? I'm just not I'm not smart enough for that. But I'd, I would never want to be introduced to somebody and have them say, yeah, I've been going to your church for four years, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I know that happens. Yes, it does. So, uh, so how long does it take, by the way, you said that, You've got uh, probably another month before your wife goes back out there to do that. Yeah. And is that so she could build up the inventory again? That helps do that. Because she makes all her jewelry. She does on my kitchen table. (laughs) On your kitchen table. (laughs) And does she ever yell at you for getting in her way? No, I've I've learned after 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? right? Yeah. No, I love to see her work because it makes her happy, you know? Yeah. And she's good at it, and I think God uses it in people's lives. So, yeah, we're very blessed by that. You know, that points out that there's a lot of different ministries. Yes. 
we're kind of out of time. Uh, in a couple of months, can I get you to come back and of course tell us what you're doing? You can yeah. always bring your wife with you so we can tell if the oh. stories are real. <laughs> I, I'll do that. Yeah. So, as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.